The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100. Get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Thanksgiving Free Roll Contest. Everyone who hits a football bingo in our contest will win $100 cash and a $100 gift certificate to the SGPN store exclusively on the SGPN app. Yes, sir. The listeners and the DJs call me really real, Terrell Furman Jr. But the books call me the villain. Is Scott this based on Davis. basketball or is this based on morning soccer? <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. It's on everything. They call they call me it for everything. Scott Studio Right Show, ladies and gentlemen. And this is the Wednesday Thanksgiving Eve edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. And we have a lot to talk about, a lot that doesn't fit into a small time frame. And so I don't even know where to start. We'll probably just do split duty so we can uh, we'll get through this. Any thoughts on the Nets and the 76ers last night from you? I mean, briefly, you just got to go through the fact that the Nets basically as a team uh, I don't want to say no-showed because they were competitive at times, but I was expecting a much better effort. And I really thought that the team would kind of circle around Ben Simmons based on the overall atmosphere. I thought they'd come to his defense, and I really thought they would kind of just have a very nice all-around game with basically a fully healthy team. I know Watanabe did not play in the end, and that's kind of a big deal because he's leading the league in three-point percentage. But still, mm-hmm. you have your best three guys. Simmons played well. He didn't get Great. a triple-double, but he had 11, 7, and 11. He so scored he or good. assisted on, like, the first four or five baskets. So, and he was good, though. So I can't yeah, even blame him great. for that. But Durant's 25-plus point streak ended. P.J. Tucker doing P.J. Tucker things against him, I guess. Kyrie was kind of just going through the motions. He had a couple of shots there, but I didn't think Still he really – like, I was going to yeah. say, he didn't really impact the game that much. But the story was really just the rebounding. And the 76ers killed them on the glass. And that's kind of my two takeaways. Uh, the Nets are too small. Uh, if you're talking about the Miles Turner sweepstakes, I the Nets are a good fit for him. I'm not saying I'd want him because he gets hurt all the time, but they can't just roll out Claxton and nobody else at center and expect to win games. They're going to get killed on the glass. And the second thing, they're just an extremely soft team. I don't think they have much mental toughness, and I do think that they got punched in the mouth against Philly pretty much at the end of the first quarter. Uh, Milton hit that back break. It was Milton, I think, right before half who hit that back-breaking three-pointer. But Philly went on a run, and the Nets died. And that's kind of what happened. So my overall takeaway, good win for the Sixers. I was dead wrong about the game. But the Nets, the issue I have is just the way this team is wired mentally. Ben Simmons is taking jabs at the crowd, saying he thought it was going to be louder in the postgame. Bro, you lost to a bunch of second stringers. Like why? Why are you trying to taunt people when you? I think team... the oh, I think the last person that was concerned about winning that game was Ben Simmons. 
That's that's my point though. Is that <laughs> yeah, he I was not like- he was not concerned about getting the win. He just wanted to go out there and put on a put on a good game, like just have a good game in Philly. And based on the and quotes, you know, he's smiling, going like, "Yeah, you know, it felt good to be back there. You know, it felt whatever." And I'm like, "Bro, you lost to a bunch of second stringers. Like, can can you at least pretend to be sad about the actual outcome of the game? I mean, it's not just him. There's a lot of players in the league who care more about their individual successes than the overall team. But I thought it was pretty clear." in the post-game presser as well as just during the course of the game, that Simmons and really just the team didn't really care much about winning the actual game, and it seemed like they were just willing to accept what happened and they didn't show any fight. Do you feel the same way? Because that's kind of what I noticed in the second half. Tobias Harris took over, they made no adjustments, and the Nets rolled over when things got tough. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what I what I thought. I didn't think there was any adjustments to them trying to actually rebound the basketball. There was no like there was no box outs. There was no basic rebounding skills shown by the Nets. And they typically because they don't have at least crash. At least they don't even have. Yeah, they don't have anybody that has a pure rebounding rebounding mindset. They don't have anybody that sits there, does the grunt work of boxing somebody out so somebody else can get a rebound or doing any of that. Like it was just, you know, they weren't serious about winning the game. And I said yesterday, I was like, I feel like I have to pick Nets here, but I just, I don't know. I feel like Philly cares more about this game. And they turned out that they did. Ben, again, great game, Ben. Great. Love to see you aggressive. I want to see you aggressive like that every single night. I don't want to see you aggressive like that when you play Philly. There was one point in time where he literally looked at – um. Who was it? I think it was Paul Reed looked at Paul Reed in the face and then backed him down in the post for a turnaround uh, for a turnaround hook shot. Now he missed the shot, but it was like he was so aggressive because it was early in the shot clock. He was playing with pace. They was on transition and he was going for a basket. So I love seeing him play like that because those shots are going to start to go in once he starts doing it more. All right. Definitely true. Tobias Harris also had a mismatch the entire fourth quarter. You can't play Kyrie and Curry together. You just can't do it. You're going to get killed in switches on the pick and roll. And Paris was really just torching whoever was on him because he had about mm-hmm. seven inches on whoever was guarding him. Uh, Devin in the chat's mentioning uh, Joe Harris was bad. I've been anti-Joe Harris for a while. He's a three-point exclusive shooter who cannot play defense. He can't really dribble. and he I mean, he tries defensively. He's just not good at it. But... I, that's the issue I have with one-dimensional, extreme one-dimensional players. It's why I wasn't a fan of the wave of giving a bunch of three-point shooters huge contracts. And now you look at Joe Harris's contract. You look at Duncan Robinson's contract. You look at Bertans's contract. There's a lot of really bad contracts around the league because teams just over-prioritize three-point shooting when mm. players do nothing else besides shoot threes. If they miss their shots from the outside, they're basically useless on the floor. And Joe Harris last night was absolutely useless from the floor. Now, it's not his fault that he lost, that the team lost. The whole team just no-showed the game. But I'm just going to throw it out there that Joe Harris has definitely not been good for a while. I know he came back off an injury. We'll see if he can get it going. The Nets should trade him. I'm just not sure what market even has at this point because that contract's not great. All right, moving on to another game I want to talk about before we get to this really long slate. Uh, Lakers and Suns and... I mean, so. I can't believe the Lakers didn't trade AD as soon as he had 37, 21, 2, 5, and 5. I thought they wouldn't even send him back to LA. He would just immediately <laughs> just be on a plane. They're negotiating trades midway through the fourth quarter. I just don't see, and of course we're going to talk about the altercation. I just don't see how 
you are Devin Booker. You have done all this stuff in the league. You have no pressure on you because everybody refuses to hold you accountable for anything bad going on with the Suns. Like you are not held accountable for it at all. And you hack little Austin Reeves. He falls to the floor and you stare down an undrafted player. <laughs> and then DeAndre Ayton joins in the staring and he gets a shove. First of all, everybody that first of all, Devin Booker saying that you should shove him in the in the chest next time. Nobody is running around to the front to shove you in the chest if you're standing over my teammate. I'm sorry. You're gonna get this push whether you see it coming or not. You shouldn't have been standing over him. For the record, you might not be wrong. I actually liked the quote. The quote made me laugh, and that's really all I was looking for from Booker. I just thought it was a funny quote. But And then the shove wasn't even bad. If the fact that he's standing over Austin Reeves is the fact is the reason why he fell because Austin Reeves is right, you know, in the leg space. If he, that was the if dumbest he wasn't part. there, Beverly huh? just shoved him over his teammate's body on the floor instead of helping his teammate get up off the floor first. I thought that was kind of funny. No, that no, because he's standing over him. You I get, get your it. Ass but out I'm saying, get your ass out the way. Get your ass out the way. Aiton, he shoved Aiton's legs onto his fallen teammate and they fell. I just thought it was kind of ridiculous how it played out. I understand your point. You know, Beverly was brought in to be a toughness guy trying to defend teammates and stuff like that. I get it. Aiton, of all people, should not be talking crap. Booker, you can argue he's standing no, over Booker him. Booker can't. Just, no, it's, a, it's Austin Reeves. He's an undrafted free agent that. Had, yeah. Like do that, do that to Clay Thompson. Do that to Clay Thompson since you since you had so much smoke for Clay Thompson when y'all were together. Do that to Clay Thompson. Do that to somebody like that's Austin Reeves, bro. Well, I'm rewatching yeah. the play. I didn't I like really Pat think Bell. Booker. I didn't think Booker really stood over him that much as I watched the replay. It looked like he was kind of looking at him like I can't believe you flopped to the floor when I fouled you. Kind of like I didn't think I touched you that hard. Nah, that's kind of how I thought Booker was looking at him. But Booker <laughs> was, was walking away. Aiden's the one who had nothing to do with the play and just lingered over to stand over him. And I'm just like, 80 is 37 and 21 on your head. You had four points through three quarters. Why the hell are you talking crap to Austin Reeves? I didn't think Booker really did anything in that whole altercation. He knocked the guy to the floor. He he, hit him in the head. He initiated. He is the person that started it. And I think he looked over like... It's still like you, you, I understand if you banged on somebody and you stand over them. I understand if you cross somebody up and you stand over them, you had a flagrant foul on somebody and you're standing over them. Like, I'm sorry. I can't. Nah, that's, that's not it. That's I'm going to give Booker and a then, pass for the altercation. I'm giving all of the heat to Aiden because I don't know what the hell Aiden's doing. Aiden no, Aiden's, no, Aiden is definitely going next game. He's definitely catching one inside the paint for sure. He's definitely catching one inside the paint. 100%. Just saying, if we're going by what the Suns should have done in terms of how they should have conducted themselves, I really didn't think Booker did much. And if you rewatched it, he really didn't stand over him for that long. It was maybe a second. Aiden full-on walked across the paint and stood over Reeves. And it's just like, bro, you've been – you're just letting AD cook you for three and a half quarters. Why are you talking crap to a role player? As the former number one pick in the draft, I thought Aiden – I thought what he did was a lot worse than what Booker did. I really didn't think Booker did much. No, I think I, yeah, Aiton definitely because Aiton had nothing to do with it. Like that's what so. I'm saying. Like Booker it, got Aiton's definitely worse, before. but I'm not. I'm not going to be one that is not going to hold Devin Booker accountable for how his play is on the court, how his demeanor is on the court, all of that stuff. And ultimately, you don't like whether you felt like it was a long time or not. You don't stand over somebody after you just gave him a flagrant foul. Like, come on, did now. they call like, a flagrant on that? Yeah, they did. Really. 
I'm I'm pretty sure they called a flagrant. Looking at it on replay, it really didn't look, didn't look like Booker. Did he hit him in the head. He hit him in the head. I mean, like hit him, I, I you hit him in the, if you hit him in the he hacked him. Like it was a hack. It I wasn't he hacked like he him. was. I didn't think he. Tried I didn't to think it, it was. It didn't neck. look like a basketball play going for the back. Basketball it looked like frustration trying to get the ball. Hacked him, and you know that's when Reeves went down. Yeah, but, they called right. it. They called it a flagrant. I, I I didn't think it was much, but whatever. And Beverly, good for him for setting up for his teammates. Um, you know, you kind of wish he had more points than us when he got ejected from the game after 29 minutes, but that's a separate story. No, I'm not even, because that's not how, I'm not even mad about that, but it's just, no, I'm just saying, I it was a lot of, well. Pat Bev caught a lot of flack online and I didn't understand it because DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker were both wrong in the situation. I, right. I think Ayton's a clown, but that's a separate story. Next, we got to talk about WinBet, and WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. Online sports betting, casino play, WinBet, Win Hour, everything you need. So much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you sportsgamingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim today. And look, I'm going to have some win. Build your bet. Build your own bets going for this Giants Cowboys game. Just make sure you're on the lookout for that because we're cashing big. All of a sudden, change work terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 on older and present in the state where play through win bets available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 All right, enough about last night. Let's get into this massive slate we have going on Thanksgiving Eve. 12 games on the slate. First game up on the docket, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves playing the Indiana Pacers. Minnesota laying two. I seen them at minus one last night, but and now it looks like the line is up to two. 37 and a half is the not 37 and a half, but 37, 237 is the total. Uh injury report here that I see, and I see. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin and Kyle Anderson both out for Minnesota. And we have Andrew Nemhart. Pretty sure I'm saying that wrong. And Isaiah Walker Jackson. With Creighton yesterday. Yeah. Oh, that Creighton Arkansas game was Hell of a great. Game. Hell of a game. But, but Nemhart oh, had a man. great game there, too. But. Great game. Isaiah Jackson and Nemhart uh, both questionable for this game. All right. You're getting two with the Minnesota Timberwolves on the road. What are you doing? I'm taking the Pacers. I mean, why the hell would I want to lay points with Minnesota? I know that they've won a couple games in a row. You look at who they've played. They haven't really beaten anybody. Uh, you look at the recent performances. They beat Cleveland. That's a nice win. I'll give them that. I don't remember if Cleveland was missing anybody. I feel like they were. Were they missing uh-huh. somebody in that game? But they, And that, that one against Cleveland? Yeah. I feel I feel like Cleveland oh, was missing like either Mitchell or Garland in that game, from what I can remember, or maybe Jared Allen. I know, I know somebody was out in that game, uh, but they beat Orlando, uh, they beat Philly. Philly's missing everybody, and they barely beat Miami. And nobody on Miami played besides Adebayo. So the, I do think the recent win streak is based on just a weaker level of competition. I'll pull up the Cleveland uh, roster for that game, but I'm pretty sure they were mm-hmm. missing a couple of key pieces. Indiana's been good. I'm thinking about the wrong game. I was thinking about the wrong game. I don't know why. Yeah, Garland at 51 because Mitchell didn't play. That's what I thought. So Mitchell didn't even play, and Minnesota ended up winning that game. Yeah. But the point is, I do think Minnesota's recent win streaks inflated because a lot of teams they played against were compromised. Indiana's just a pretty good team, and I thought they'd be awful, 
We thought they would just be a very fun team that score a bunch of points. That part's true. But Miles Turner's really helped out that team because he really locks mm-hmm. down everything in the paint. And that was the main issue Indiana had. I'm taking Indiana. You're going to give me a home team in good form against a Minnesota team that I still think is a bit overrated. I still don't think they're very good. I think that they've just capitalized on an easy portion of the schedule. Give me the Pacers at home. Minnesota on the road? I'm not going to bother. And Indiana, no matter how bad they are, they always have a good home court. And this year, they're fun and surprisingly good. I think it's going to be a pretty good atmosphere tonight. Yeah, no, I'm I'm here with you. And uh, McLaughlin and Kyle Anderson are really big pieces coming off the bench that for Minnesota not that potentially could not be in this game. Their bench and wasn't more, good anyway. But it's more of the fact that the bench plays better than the starters. Like in Minnesota's game, the bench plays better than the starters. In terms of efficiency, it, yes. Yeah. And so I'm just I'm not I'm not take I'm not laying points with Minnesota and on the road against this Indiana team. And I understand they this very well is a game that they can win. And I think that Minnesota does have an advantage with the size that they have over the Timberwolves, but I mean, not Timberwolves, but over the Pacers. But I just think that the Pacers have the flat-out scoring and consistency that's going to be better. With Minnesota, I'm almost guaranteed at least one quarter where they just don't show up and play basketball. It's going to be a bit of a hot take. It's, it's mostly the fourth quarter because Minnesota has has really just been terrible in the fourth quarter of games uh, when the starters have to play down the stretch. It's a bit of a hot take as you have Gobert, who's won several player of the years. Cat, I know, is regarded as being a very good player. I'm just going to ask... Is Halliburton the best player on the floor in this game? Um, you can talk about Anthony as, Edwards as of too, right, that's, and how they're playing right now. Yes, I think he is, and I feel like that's kind how of how they're an playing right now. Talking yeah. point. If you're going to give me say two he's points, the best, the best player. player on the floor, I'm going to take it. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say he's the best player, like talent wise. Not in like, terms of upside, know, but yeah. right now, I think. But he's yeah, the best as how they're playing right now, Tyrese Halliburton is absolutely the best player on the floor right now, and it's one because that lineup for the Minnesota Timberwolves cannot figure it out. They can't figure it out. And there's no adjustments. Like, they just keep rolling out the same lineup, thinking that, oh, well, they're just going to figure it out one day. Change the damn lineup up. Mm. Change the lineup up. Make coaching adjustments. Say that, okay, this starting five is not working. We need to go and we need to play and plug and play. Or if we're starting with this five, okay, we're starting with this five for about five or six minutes. And then we're bringing a bitch players off and we're switching the lineup up. We're switching rotations up and we're going to find a way to make this work. And it just doesn't seem like they're doing any of that. Yeah, I like Indiana here. Plus two. Total set at 237. I mean... I know it's Indiana, but this Minnesota team games go under, under, under. I'm looking at the under no matter what. You're going to have Miles Turner and Gobert in the game at the same time. That's a lot of rim protection. I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I I don't think Minnesota's – and I said this earlier in the season that I was targeting Minnesota team unders just because Gobert coming in, I thought they were going to play at a slower pace. They were going to have more rim protection, a little bit better defense, and it's all a little bit – all coming to form. So, yeah, I'm sure everybody is playing over here. I'll – Zig, where they zag, play the under. Total's huge. I mean, once again, you say Minnesota has bad quarters all the time. One bad quarter from one team might kill you for a total. If Indiana yeah. wins a quarter 32 to 22, 54 points sounds decent. It's really not when the total's 237. You basically need 60 points a quarter. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Portland Trail Blazers going to play the Cleveland Cavaliers and Cleveland. Minus eight and a half for the Cavaliers. 
Injury news, we see Josh Hart is probable. Dame Lillard is out. We all know that. Dean Wade is probable. Uh, Kevin Love, questionable with a thumb injury. And Karis LeVert is out with the that. That might be addition by subtraction. That's a separate story. Uh, let's go eight and a half with the Portland Trailblazers on the road. Do you want to back Portland without Lillard on the road? That's really the question. Yeah, I, I did it the other day when they played the Bucks, and I backed them against the Bucks, and they covered that. I mean, it's just hard to fade this Portland team right now. It's really hard to fade this Portland team right now. Like, even no matter what lineup they roll out, they find way to be ways to be in these games and win them. Like, how do you fade that? Uh, the only way you could fade it right now is it's kind of twofold. You need to basically fade Jeremy Grant because he's been struggling lately. And there's really no way around it. And with Lillard being out, you're going to need him and Simons to step up. So I guess the argument is, can Cleveland take away one of those two guys and really limit Portland's options offensively? Sharp has a lot of talent. He's still very raw. So he's going to have a lot of good games and bad games mixed together for some unpredictability. I guess the one concern that you kind of have to have for Portland is that recently they really have not played great basketball. You mentioned that they ended up covering against Milwaukee, which is true, but they've lost three straight. One was to Utah. You know, Utah's still a very good team. Lost to Milwaukee on the road that they covered. The Nets loss was kind of embarrassing, to be honest with you. I, that's a pretty bad loss there. Nets were on a back-to-back, giving up 153 the game prior. And Portland mm-hmm. still lost at home. Cleveland's won each of the last three games by 10, bit by at least 10. bit misleading. They had a double overtime cover by 10 against Charlotte. Against Charlotte. But I think I'm going to take Cleveland. Cleveland's 7-1 and one at home. And Portland, I really have not liked what I've seen lately from this team. It's not entirely their fault because Lillard's been banged up or injured, but I think Cleveland has too much size, and I think if Nurkic gets into foul trouble, this team is really screwed in terms of the front lines. I think Mitchell or Garland have a field day in this game. I'm going to take Cleveland at home because they've been really good at home. I don't know, man. I think I'm going It's not easy. It's not an easy. I think think this number's where it should be. And I just truly think because – with Portland, it's the fact that they don't have to get to the rim to score the basketball. Like, Jeremy Grant, uh, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, Shadian Sharp, all those guys. Like, the difference between Portland and Atlanta is that Portland can hit jump shots. Yeah. Like, so they're because that's what Cleveland's going to force you to do. They're going to force you to hit your shots because they're going to That's why I called that Jeremy area. Grant because recently yeah. Grant's shooting stroke's been a little bit cold. Yeah, it has. And I think this is a get-right spot in where I think that they're going to be playing off a little bit, one, trying to guard the paint and make sure they're not getting easy baskets, and they're going to challenge them to make tough shots. And I think that this this Trailblazers team can do that. I really do. I If they lose this game, they lose this game close. I Getting close to 10 points with Portland on the road? I'm sorry. I like this Portland team too much. I think they're too good. Anthony Simons has a field day in this game and just cooks everybody. I'm going with Portland plus the eight and a half. Sprinkle on the money line. I'm winning under in this game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Portland, Portland's been pretty good to the under as well. I think that, and I, I could see this being, you know, both teams fighting to get a hundred still efficient game, but just not a lot of pace in the game. Mm. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Philadelphia 76ers on a back-to-back going to play the Charlotte Hornets in Charlotte. Minus five for the Hornets, 214 and a half is the total. Don't have anything for you from Philly side because they just played last night. 
and just expect the same players, the same big three that was out is going to be out. Maybe Harris also not playing. We'll see. But yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it's the same five as they, they don't have enough players to even replace Harris at this point. Yeah. I just think it's going to be the same roster. And nothing for the Hornets. Besides, besides ball what we are. Right yeah, besides ball. And I think Hayward is done for right now. No, Hayward's so. back. He's back. Okay. All right. You're getting five with the Hornets. Are you taking it? Uh, well, you're laying five with the Hornets, which is extremely yeah, problematic because I don't think Charlotte's any good. However, this team does play a lot better when Gordon Hayward plays, and they were an auto-fade when Hayward and Ball were out at the same time. Now mm-hmm. that one of them's back, I don't necessarily mind it. The more I think about it, the more I wonder how Charlotte's favored by five points over any team in the league. I think I'm actually going to take Charlotte here. It's a, it's such a prime letdown spot for Philly. It's a perfect letdown spot Ben Simmons walks into your building. Nobody, including me, is giving you a shot in hell to win the game. You win the game. You're at home. You're celebrating. You had a very nice team win. And now you immediately fly on a plane and fly to Charlotte, who hasn't played in a couple days. I think it's a great letdown spot for the Sixers. I'm going to lean Charlotte. I don't feel great about it, but I'll shop around for a four and a half. It's very rare where you see Charlotte being favored by this many points with ball being out. Yeah, I think it might be warranted. I think they're daring you to take Philly. I'm not going to take the bait. I'll lean Charlotte. Hey man, if it's a trap, I'm dead. I'm taking Philly plus five. Like I don't blame you. The look ahead before five. last night's game was this line was at one. Charlotte minus one. I saw it. I saw the line. It was at Charlotte minus one. I said, oh, Charlotte minus one, Philly coming. I was like, oh, that might be a nice little spot to back Charlotte. But now it's up to five, and I I'm just can't trust that. I think that this Philly team plays with a lot more pace. They play free, and I just like backing backups, getting a chance to start and get heavy minutes because these are guys that are not only one playing for their next contract, one just excited to be playing in the damn game in general, and they go out there and hoop. So Philly has a little bit of a track record of getting things done when the stars are out, and so plus five at this point is is too many points for me. We're getting into two possessions i'll take philly here plus five uh 214 is the total i'm going over i'm gonna go with the under philly's been very good defensively so and the pace is i mean the pace was kind of there yesterday not really but i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the under here i I do think philly is a pretty good defensive team i'm also worried about the overall just stamina Mm -hmm. down the stretch of this game I'll link to the under. I understand all your points. I just think this line is so absurd that it's kind of trappy, and that's why we're kind of disagreeing on it. But I'm no, going to okay. the under. I definitely understand not taking trap lines, but uh, I, I feel like I'm kind of falling into this one. It just it just seems too, too good. But I'm on the over because I just think that there's – you got to play with pace when you have Mason Plumlee on the other side. Like you got to run that guy off the floor. A, a immediately run him off the floor because you're not going to have the luck that you had rebounding the ball last night against this Charlotte team. So you're going to have to run him off the floor. And with Montrez Harrell, with Paul Reed, with those guys, like they very well can get that done. So I think that they, it's a it's a whole bunch of running here. I think that they're going to be a little bit more inefficient from three. They were 50% from three last night. So a little bit more inefficient from three, but I think that they're still going to run the court, put up a bunch of points. I'll take the over. All right, next game on the slate, we have, whoa, whoa. 
There we go. The Sacramento Kings going to play the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta minus five for the Hawks. Two forty-one. Oh, put, put some respect on it. The seven-game winning streak, Sacramento. Kings. Okay, yeah, the seven-game winning okay. streak, Sacramento Kings. Whatever. That's what I thought. Uh, Two forty-one and a half is the total minus five for Atlanta <laughs> Kings coming off of a win, very good win in in Memphis. Very that was a, that was a train wreck down the stretch, but the hell yeah, it was. Though. But it you know they got it done. They got it done for sure. Respect to them. Uh, looks like DeAndre Hunter is probable for this game. That's the only thing I see. Can't give you anything for Sacramento as they just came off back back. Are you going for eight? It really is a bad scheduling spot for Sacramento, having to play in Memphis, very competitive game down the stretch. Now you're traveling to A-Town. It's not a great spot. So I do think Atlanta should cover. The thing is, do you think Atlanta's a very good basketball team? And I'm still on the fence because I really don't like the scoring depth. I don't like the overall shooting. The story of this game might just come down to the three-point differential between these teams. Herter's been crazy. Fox has been better from three. Barnes was really good yesterday. They have shooters. Malik Monk off the bench. Uh, but Atlanta doesn't have many of those. And I do think that you could argue that Sacramento, if they hit their even a decent clip from three, then Atlanta's going to be in trouble because they can't really match them three for three. But based on the overall spot here, I think I am going to lean to Atlanta. It's a spot that I kind of have to like for the Hawks, and I do think Atlanta always plays better at home than on the road. They're really just a bad road team every year. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to take Atlanta. Shout-out to the Kings, though, for going on this hot run. It seems like a very nice letdown spot with travel. The -hmm. total in this game is hilarious at 241.5, but I'm just going to go with Atlanta. I'll back the home team against a tired opponent. And it's crazy because about two years ago, like 241 and a half is kind of like somewhat regular to see on every given night in the NBA. Are you blind like, like, there's one, like there's one or two, one or two 240s and ups on the slate. And now you see a 240 and you're like, holy shit. Like what? Why is why is that total so high? So it's crazy how much the NBA has changed in the past couple of years. The but. amount of money I made on 240 totals when Westbrook was with the Hornet was with the uh, Wizards. Was yeah. was just it was so fantastic. I miss those days. Then the officiating stopped calling half the fouls with the lean-ins and all the other stuff. But yeah, I, I like Atlanta here for the total. I guess I'm leaning under question mark. Like I, 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 I mean, think I can take an over with a back-to-back team. I think I think Atlanta team total over. I definitely yeah. I feel like I like the over regardless. But uh, Atlanta team total over. Oh yeah, good point there. Good job, JD. Uh, uh, he's JD for those listening on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you get your podcast. JD just put in the chat and said, Kevin Herter revenge game. It very much is very, very much is. And he's been playing insane this year. Back to my, I mean, my handicap on the side and the total kind of go hand in hand. Both of these teams really, really bad at guarding inside the paint. And both of these teams really, really good at scoring inside the paint. And so that's where I think that Atlanta is going to be able to have a leg up where they didn't have against Cleveland is the fact of they don't have to be a jump shooting team against the Kings. They don't have to play that way. They can get to the rim with ease. They can get a lot of easy baskets, and that can help supplement a lot of their scoring. Atlanta and Sacramento in the past five games, both teams are five and six respectively at points in the paint. And if you go to its opponent's points in the paint and you have the Hawks who are sitting there at 27 and the Sacramento Kings are sitting there tied for 20. So 
Both teams pretty bad, giving up a lot of points inside the paint. I think that's where Atlanta can and will make their mark in this game is by getting a lot of easy buckets towards the rim, slashing towards the rim, forcing some of those key players into foul trouble and being able to just slowly and methodically put up a bunch of points in this game. So I'm going Atlanta minus five and I will take Atlanta team total over. If I had to play the side, I would play the over as well. So it's a big first half for Atlanta because if Atlanta opens up a decent lead, Sacramento is going to roll over. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Let's go on to the next game of the slate. And we have the Dallas Mavericks playing the Boston Celtics. Four and a half. You are laying with the Boston Celtics at home. 218 is the total. 218 and a half is the total. Injury report, we have Maxi Kleber is doubtful. Spencer Dinwiddie is questionable. Jason Tatum is questionable. All right. Um, well, Tatum's got an ankle sprain, so I don't know how serious it is, but I'm assuming he'll probably not play. Is that fair? I don't know. John played last night. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, though, he's played every game this season. John, John missed a couple games, though. Uh, Tatum hasn't missed a game this season. Yeah. I think they might rest him for this one, which is why the line is so short. But I'm assuming Tatum will not play, if I had to guess. I mean... If you're smart, I'm, you take Boston. I was going to say, I'm still leaning Boston. Yeah, if, you, if you're smart, you take Boston. I don't think Dallas is good. I think Luka's a great player. I don't think their supporting cast is great. Christian Wood's been good. He was otherworldly for the first three weeks. But it's the thing. They have a good supporting cast, so why are they not playing like it? I, I think a lot of it is kind of like how people used to complain about how Harden used to run his offense in Houston where everyone on the team is just standing around in a corner, and it's very tough to maintain a rhythm when you're constantly just standing around watching your superstar play basketball. I think a lot of it has to do with the lack of rhythm because you're looking at Bullock and you're looking at all these guys. Do they move off ball like ever? It's mostly just standing around waiting for Luka to exploit a pick-and-roll matchup, and occasionally you get the ball. It just seems like there's really no definitive roles for all of these players, or at least they're not playing to their skill sets because they have to stand around and do nothing for about half the game. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah, no, no, I agree. So that was the that was the pushback people had against Harden when he won MVP with Houston. You can make the same case with Luka here. It's a very heliocentric offense where Luka does everything and every other player is kind of just getting antsy in the corner waiting to get the ball, and they don't get the ball half the time. So I think that's a big reason why a lot of the players have struggled. It's because they really don't have enough opportunities to develop a rhythm because they don't really take any consistent shots over and over again. That's at least my takeaway. And really, it's coming back to me on the defensive side of ball and the fact that, you know, the Dallas Mavericks were the best, like one of the best defensive teams last year. And they're not bad. They're not a bad defensive team. They're still really good. And it's really a lot of it is pace of play and that, you know, they slow, slow the other team down to less possessions. So they really don't have to worry about defending just as much as, you know, you would a team that's running you up and down the court. But it just seems like they've taken a stop back defensively as well. And that's kind of hurting them a little bit. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're smart, you're going Boston. For for in terms of the show, and for me not to mess up anything I have going on, I'm going to say 
Dallas plus four and a half. But if you're smart, you bet Boston in this game. If you're taking Dallas, just do some type of parlay with Luka because he's going to have to go nuts if they want to cover because I think Boston can really score with anybody, even without Tatum. They still have a good supporting cast. If Dallas wants to keep it close, Luka's going to have to go for like 35, 13, and like 9. So it's I just I, I really think that they slow Luca down in this game, and I, if they slow Luca yeah. down, I don't know. I don't know if I trust them at the supporting cast. While I do think they're uber talented, to just get it done because they they just haven't they haven't gotten it done this season. Like there's not so many times you see Dallas win a game that Luca doesn't play well in. No, I'm saying they they literally can't at this point based on how the offense functions. So I'll go with Boston in the under. With the injuries, I kind of have to like the under in this game. Yeah, I'm on the under as well. I'm not sure why. I mean, I understand why I was up half a point, but I, I know I was just talking about Dallas defensively. They still hold teams to one of the best points per game in the league, if not the best points per game in the league. It actually is the best points per game in the league. And it's because they, they slow the game so down down so much. It's so many fewer possessions. And yeah, they're, de- they're dead last in overall pace. Yeah, so I, I can't take an over with Dallas. Give me under. All right. Next game on the docket. Darting props you like to. Uh, uh, next game on the docket, Brooklyn Nets playing the Toronto Raptors. Two and a half is what you're laying with Toronto. And Toronto, 22, 222 and a half is the total. You know Brooklyn played last night, so just look around for the injury report there. Uh, Banton and Barnes are both questionable for this game for Toronto. All right. Can you rinse and repeat what happened last night and think of any reason to take Brooklyn in a spot? The main reason would be that recently uh, Brooklyn's actually fared well against Toronto for whatever reason in the head-to-head. I know Brooklyn ended up beating Toronto in Brooklyn earlier this season. Very Mm -hmm. crazy game, bunch of huge runs back and forth, and Brooklyn eventually wore down Toronto in the fourth quarter, and they won the game. I'm not taking Brooklyn in the spot. I, you can make an argument that they have a nice performance based on basically being pissed off that they lost to a Philly team that was shorthanded. I don't really care. This team has a no-killer instinct at all. And I mentioned during the first rant that I had on this episode that the Nets just don't seem like they really give a damn half the time. They really go through the motions. There's no, I'd say, edginess to this team. And I think they need it. And I think that traveling to Canada... It's going to be freezing because, of course, it's Canada in November. I don't think they're thrilled about a standalone game in Toronto. So I'm going to go with the Raptors. Yes, I know it, uh, that you're going to still be missing Siakam. So you might be missing Barnes. I think he might play in this game, but we'll see. I just really don't think it's a good scheduling spot, and I think Toronto is just the tougher team. I think Toronto is going to be willing to actually fight on the glass. The Nets won't. I think that'll be the story of the game. But Toronto is 9-8 and eight overall. They're 6-1 and one at home, so they're a really good home team, really bad road team. We see a lot of those around the league, and I think Toronto, with the home crowd, might be a little bit annoyed they lost to the Nets earlier this season. I'll take Brooklyn I'll take uh, Brooklyn to lose pretty comfortably in this game. Give me Toronto by, like, seven. Mm. I do. I did make the case for Toronto having the best home court this season just because of the fact that it's been so long since they had fans in attendance. Uh, mm. I just also, need confirmation. One, sorry, they've only played one home game since November 10th. So they have been away yeah. from home for yeah, a Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. All right. 
I think I have. I gotta wait and see if Scotty Barnes is playing. There's no way I'm taking. Yeah. There's no way I'm taking Toronto with Scotty Barnes out. He with all play. the injuries, Devin played since Saturday. Yeah, so he should just be sure. I'll wait because I don't think whether he's in or like I don't think the line changes regardless. I think this line is going to stay steady at mm-hmm. two and a half. If anything, maybe it goes like money comes in on Brooklyn and maybe it gets a little bit closer to Brooklyn. But I think this line stays exactly where it's at. So I don't think you're you're missing any line value uh, if Scotty Barnes does or does not play. But there's no way I'm taking them if Barnes isn't playing. With no Barnes and no Siakam, I'm not doing it. But yeah, that's that's where I'm at here. I think I think they will get up for this game. I think it'll be a close one. The line two and a half is not big enough where I'm scared of it. So I'll take Toronto on the caveat that Barnes that Barnes does play. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, I mean, he's just been playing great. Last game, twenty eight, eleven, and nine. Like, there's there's no way I can I can back yeah. them. He's not in there. He, I'm assuming he's going to play once again. They have not played since Saturday. Yeah. All right. Mm, what's the total? What was the total for this one again? Total was 220. Yeah, 222 and a half, 223, somewhere around there. I'm looking uh, at the under. Hmm. Barnes matters because he's a very good defensive player, but the first game, I believe, landed 218. I Toronto's missing a lot of scoring punch. The Nets offensively are fine, but they're pretty hit or miss. I'm going to lean to the under and hope the Nets' tired legs result in a really awful fourth quarter shooting performance. Uh, hmm. I think. Mm, tired legs. Do they have tired legs? I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm trying to rationalize and over because KD had a pretty you know didn't he didn't score that much last night. Uh, ben has really got the offense moving a lot better. Like him being able to play and get everybody like what he and Claxton did to start that game yesterday was great. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll slightly into the under. I'm not playing this total. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Washington Wizards playing the Miami Heat in Miami. Miami's laying two and a half at home. Injury and what? Wait, hold on. We're at two eleven is the total. Injury report: We have Max Struess is out. Uh, Haywood Highsmith. Wow, this is really long. Haywood Highsmith is probable. Gabe Vincent is questionable. Dwayne Detman questionable. Tyler Hero questionable. Bam Adebayo probable. Duncan Robinson is out. And Rui Hachimara is questionable. Monty Morris is questionable. Bradley Beal is questionable. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, under. I, I watch these teams play. I, I watch the overtime uh, between these teams when they went at it a couple days ago. It was one of the worst offensive basketball games I've ever seen, and I watched about five minutes. It was a, it was so bad. I think they combined for five points in the entire overtime. It was one of those miracle unders where you needed like less than eight points in overtime, <laughs> and you got five because yep. nobody made a shot for the final three and a half minutes of the game. I'm on the under. I don't see how either team's going to score in this game. Both teams defensively really put the clamps down as the game went on. Beal might not play. Hero might not play. At a bio and Porzingis, I think they'll cancel each other out a bit defensively. But I mean, Butler's still out. 
my we got to have a separate conversation on another podcast about Miami because I'm getting concerned about this team. I'm just going to say I'm it. not. I'm not. I, I am personally. Hurt. But I mean, they always are hurt. But that's my hurt. that's my point. They're they're always hurt and they're 18 games into the season. Like that that's my main concern. With no, but team. I mean that's but they they were hurt last year. Like they're always like this. Just what Miami is like. They're just a, a team of hurt people that sit there and try to get through a season and then eventually go to the playoffs and just pray that everybody makes it through an entire playoff run. That's my point, though, is usually they're about half the way through and then the bottom falls out and they try to hold serve. But, I mean, this year, they didn't even get through a fourth of the season before half the team got hurt. I think that's a separate concern, but uh, I'm on the under. I guess I'm going to lean to Washington. Shout out to the Wizards, though, quietly 10-7. and seven. I didn't even realize they were 10-7 and seven until I actually looked it up. But yep. they've been pretty I told you, decent. I told you they're, they're going to be they're going to be a little bit better than people expect them to be. I'm saying they're not bad, and they've actually yeah. been okay when Beal has not played the season. They've had guys step up, so I think they actually can beat Miami. Uh, Hero's a big deal, of course, because he's really their only uh, scoring ball handler left. I know Kyle Lowry's had a decent run lately, but mm-hmm. I think you'd rather have Lowry in a facilitating role at this point. I'm going to take the under as my favorite play in this game, but I'll go with Washington. These, game, these teams just went to overtime. They're very close, and Washington is a team that's been underrated all season long. I'm going to take the Wizards. All right, so in that game, and I feel like you're being a little harsh on Miami because they started Max Strews, Kyle Lowry, uh, Cody Martin, Nikola Jovic, and Highwood Highsmith. Oh, not Highwood. That's not his name. It's freaking Haywood Highsmith. And – Oh, it was a, it was definitely a compromised lineup. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, like completely. And the fact that I know, well, we're pretty sure Bam is playing in this game is absolutely different. I'm I'm actually going to the over, and I think that you're getting more players in the game. I think Miami was just on the road with everybody hurt. They played up, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think they played up. I think that Washington is, finds it a little bit easier to score on the on the road in Miami this time around where Miami feels a little bit more comfortable. I think that you're going to get more players for Miami in this game. That's going to add to the scoring. It's going to be, and it's going to be a little bit like, Hey, you know, we had issues with this same last time around. We can beat them this time around and they're going to play up with that being said, I'm still taking Miami. I mean, Washington plus two and a half because I didn't forget the North remembers the North really fucking remembers that Miami fucking sucks as home favorites this season. And they can't cover to save their life as a home favorite. I didn't forget that at all. And so when they thought that they were going to throw a two and a half at me and thinking that, oh, you're, you're going to lay the two and a half with Miami because it's so close to being a pick em. You might as well. Just, no, fuck that. I'm not laying anything with Miami at home. They've been so bad covering at home, and I didn't forget about it. I like Miami as dogs. When we were on the pod and you said that the line moved to five, I said, oh, well, I actually kind of like Miami now that we're getting some extra points with them. Yeah. Fuck that. Not doing it. Give me the Wizards plus two and a half. Watch Miami go fuck around and win by two. Uh, Any stock on Kyrie's, not Kyrie, but Kyle Lowry's triple-double? I think you got to be tempted by it. I, I do kind of want to wait to see if Hero's going to play or not because he's going to have the ball in his hands a decent amount. But Lowry, I watched in that game, and he really did everything for the team because he has to. The volume's huge because they have no other guards worth a damn if Struess and Hero, most importantly Hero, are out. So I would probably consider taking it if Hero's not going to play, but you're going to have a drastically reduced price compared to last game 
and I'm not sure if there's much value on it. I don't mind the double-double if you want to make a case for that. Yep. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Chicago Bulls going to play the Minnesota, not Minnesota, <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks, minus six and a half for the Bucks, 223 and a half is the total. Injury report, Goran Dragic is probable, and that's all it says. Forgot Dragic was even on the Bucks, on the Bulls. Okay, cool. <laughs> Truly forgot he was even there. All right. All right. Chicago's won. No, Chicago had no Chicago. No, Chicago didn't win a game last year. They did win a game against them last year. I was looking for that. Uh, and Chicago. Yeah, that that was a playoff game, but I think the regular season is still a rather long win streak for the Bucks. I'm gonna look that up while you talk. Uh, I, I, ha- I, like have, I have it already. I have it already. Okay, I was gonna. I was gonna. I was gonna take the Bucks. I, I mean. You alluded to it. To go through the regular season numbers, the Bucks have won 16 of the last 17 meetings. And including the playoffs, the Bulls did win a game. Uh, of course, they lost 4-1. So the Bucks uh-huh. have won 20 of the last 22 meetings. And if you go through the margin of victory, these games aren't even close. Milwaukee, out of those uh, we'll stick with the regular season games. In the 16 out of 17, 15 of those 16 wins have been by at least four points. And if you want to go beyond six points, then you end up having 13 of 17 by at least 10 points, or at least nine points. The Bucks kill this team every time, and there's nothing the Bulls can do about it. I'm taking Milwaukee. I think this line's very short. I get the argument is Middleton's still out. Chicago has a lot of firepower. Chicago's 7-10. and 10. They're really not a great basketball team. DeRozan, we know, is good. Levine's been all over the place with the knee injury and how he's been a little bit inconsistent. And Vucevic is kind of his classic self with the Bulls. He's pretty good. You hope he'd be better for all the picks he traded for him, but he's fine. I'm taking the Bucks. I think they got too much size in the interior. I think Giannis will go for a casual 35 in this game, and the Bucs win comfortably. Give me Milwaukee. They own this team. Once again, 16 of 17 in the regular season. I'm not taking the Bulls. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy. And, I mean, Milwaukee minus 6.5. This is the typical spot that the Bulls just lay a complete egg and get blown out. I would take Milwaukee win margin by 11-plus. I think they bury this team. Uh, Giannis passed regular season games against the Bulls, 18 and 9, 25, 17, 34, 16, 30 oh, and 12. He said 18 and 9. He played 24 minutes in that game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, throw that out there. Yeah. No. That's, yeah. Good point. Uh, 30 and 12, 29 and 12, 28 and 14, 23 and 10, 33 and 10, 38 and 16, 29 and 17. Man, I could just keep going, honestly. He he kills this team. They can't do anything about it. I'm on his points and rebounds. I am on uh, Giannis to have a really good game. I'm on his rebounds prop, just regular. I think that he's going to be active around the glass. I think they're going to run four. They're going to keep this Bulls team off balance. Bulls are going to do their best to try to keep up, but I just think that I would feel a lot more better, a lot better about it if Chris Milton was in this game. But I think that the combo of Drew Holiday and Giannis can keep this together and get a pretty decent win here. So 
love Milwaukee first half. Absolutely love Milwaukee first half. That's one of my favorite plays today. Milwaukee minus six and a half total, two twenty-three and a half. I will. I'm on the under. I'll take a Bulls team total under. Yeah, I think that this Milwaukee team is going to be locked in defensively against the Bulls, and they're going to really, really struggle to get anything going. You got Drew Holiday playing, so that's going to help neutralize Zach Levine. I think they could play some pretty good team defense over DeMar DeRozan. I think that this Chicago team is going to find it very, very hard to struggle to score the basketball inside the paint, outside the paint. Give me a team total under on the Bulls. Uh, Anything else for this one? Considering Giannis triple-double, but he's only done it once against the Bulls, so I'm not sure if I actually want to do that. But, uh, yeah, he's only had one triple-double in his career against Chicago, so I don't think I'm going to do that. But PRA, something with Giannis. If he goes for 40, I would not be surprised. Like, Chicago has no defensive answers for him at all, and I think Giannis torches this team tonight. Yep, I agree. All right, next game on the slate, and great, because I just saw the line move. The Denver Nuggets going to play the OKC Thunder minus three and a half for the Nuggets. Two thirty-two and a half is the total. We have Bones Highland questionable, Ish Smith questionable, uh, Peyton Watson questionable. Looks like Jeff Green is going to be out. He was out yesterday. I think he's still going to be out for this game. Mike Muscala's out and. Pokashevsky, whatever. Yeah, there you go. Pokashevsky. He's out as well. I mean, come on. I'm taking OKC. There's there's nothing. Like, keep keep betting the lineup. Please keep betting the lineup so I can keep getting a better number with OKC. I don't care how far they bet this lineup. There's nothing that's going to stop me from taking OKC in this spot. Bro, you got your entire team back, and you still lost at home to Detroit. Like, what what are you doing? And I sat there as soon as they said that um, underdog tweeted out that those guys were now questionable to play. I said, they're going to play and they're still going to lose. Watch. Like yeah, he was nope. one, he was one rebound away from a triple double and you still lost to Detroit with an O'Connor even, here. Even Jokic and Jamal Murray won't even prepare to go play in that game. Like I, I don't think that they're locked into this right now. And this OKC team always likes to try to play these, play these teams tough. I love, Love OKC. I'm not fading them. Shea's going to go off and have a crazy game per usual against the. I feel like he has, like, every single game is just a crazy game. But against the Nuggets, uh, let's see. They had 30 against the Knicks. I know he was awful against Memphis, but Memphis is just a good matchup against him because they have a lot of size in the interior. Denver has no rim protection. Last five games over the past two seasons against them. Starting from, you know, the oldest to most recent. Shea has 37. No, he has 27, 11, and 12. So he had a triple-double in that game. Eight. Okay. 29, 28, 37. With the 37 and the 28 coming this year. I mean, Shea's just going to go off. He does that. Like, this this is what he does. He's He is a pure dog. They have no answer for him defensively. And I think it's at this point where the Nuggets just agree that, yeah, we really can't do anything about them. So we're going to try to limit all the other guys that we don't know on this team. And we're going to let Shea get off. And that's something that'll kill you. So, yeah, I'm taking OKC plus the three and a half plus whatever they end up making this line. I don't care. I'm taking OKC. Give me OKC on the money line. If Jokic plays and there's a line, I'd consider betting triple double. 
They've played twice this season. He's had a triple-double in both games. OKC can't guard him either. Uh, it's not even a close triple-double, by the way. Like He's had at least 13 in each stat in both games. Like it's it's a just an absolute free triple double based on what he's got what he's actually put up this season. The line might be short as hell. It might be somewhere in the two to one range. At that point, he can't bet it. But if Jokic plays, he should walk into basically a triple double because he has in the first two meetings this season. Yeah, I'll play his rebounds prop tonight too. Yeah, especially with uh you know the size out of mm-hmm. the lineup for OKC. All right. 232 and a half. Is there anything scaring you off of an uh, in over? No, I, I think you could just question if Denver's going to have tired legs or not. I don't really care in this spot. OKC has just been a blind over team. Yep. Uh, their games are track meets. They play up tempo as they should. They're a young team that actually plays fast, which I appreciate. But I'm looking up the games against Denver so far this season. Uh, the second one landed uh, 232. First one landed 239. I'm on the over. I think at least one of these teams scores 125 points, which is good enough for me. I'm on the over. All right. Northern's Pelicans going to play the San Antonio Spurs. Minus 7.5 for the Pelicans. 230.5 for the total. Let's see. We have... Zach Collins, who is probable. Jacopoto, who is questionable. Josh Richardson, doubtful. Trey Murphy, also doubtful. I mean, is this one of the Spurs tanking night? Like, ultimately, that's how you bet Spurs. Are they tanking tonight or not? I mean, they've been terrible. And San Antonio had a fun start to the year. After the Warriors game, I called them out because I recognized that they were in the middle of falling off a cliff. I think they covered against Portland the game after, but they've been really, really bad. And it's not surprising. It's just a matter of time. But you're going through the margins of losses here. They've lost five straight. They lost by roughly 40 to Golden State, lost by seven to Portland, lost by 18 to Sacramento, lost by 22 to the Clippers, and lost by 31 to the Lakers. Which is that's impressive. crazy. 31 to the Lakers is wild. And they don't have any size. 80 killed them. And he barely even played the fourth quarter. Now you have to face off against Valanciunas and Zion and Ingram. Have fun. Like San Antonio and Pirtle might not play. New Orleans might have 60-plus points in the paint in this game with Pirtle playing or not. I don't think San Antonio's got a shot to stop anybody in the paint. And Keldon Johnson was awful last game. What do you got, like one for 15, one for 14? It was something egregious. It was really, mm-hmm. really bad. I'm going to go with New Orleans. Back, I like him. Yeah, I think back. I think he'll bounce back, but I can't get over the lack of size. I just think New Orleans yeah, no, will no, kill them on no, the they, glass and kill them in the paint. I'm on New Orleans. Yeah, I think New Orleans buries them. <laughs> I think really New Orleans should. buries them. If Alan Shunas plays 25 minutes, he's going to walk into 15 and 15. At this point, it's so – I mean, do you just, just fade the Spurs? And if they, if they kill you, then fine. You They won one out of the, what, five bets you probably won before that? Yeah. So – yeah, I can't. Spurs are a walking fade for me. There's nothing else to really talk about. They gave it a good run, though. They won six games. I wasn't sure they'd win six games all season, but uh, it's over. Uh, they're getting buried every game now. So dramatic. I saw, I am very dramatic, yeah. <laughs> all right. They have the, low, they have the lowest win total for a reason. Like they weren't Here's the interesting to, to talk about. 
total opened up at 232 and a half and it's down down to 230 and a half probably because a couple of injuries but i don't think those injuries are too much to affect the point affected by two points so some people probably look like they're coming in on under here it does do the spurs have- do the spurs just and i understand it because they didn't they scored 92 against the Lakers and 97 against the Clippers, but That's what I was gonna Lakers say. and the Clippers, yeah. Lakers and the Clippers are actually pretty solid defensively. They scored well, 95 are, against Golden State. Huh? They scored 95 against Golden State. Okay. All right. That's rough. All right. It is rough. Yeah, that is. Okay. So I, I was with you until I, I remembered that they scored 95 against Golden State. Uh, Just give me San Antonio team total over. I'll keep it simple. Yeah, that feels safe. Like New Orleans could score one thirty. New Orleans doesn't stop score. anybody. Yeah, but I still think that they're going to walk into easy one hundred twenty points. Yeah, all right, we're New going over. New Orleans with the size can really limit San Antonio in the paint. San Antonio's going to have to get hot from three. I'll take my chances. Ooh, you just ooh, Devin Vassell. They're going to need to shoot a bunch of threes. So Vassell's Vassell, if you want to go for the Keldon bounce back game, it's probably yeah. a good spot for you. But yeah, they're, they're going to get nothing in the paint in this game. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go with New Orleans. I just think that San Antonio is a team that has issues scoring now. They can't guard anybody. I believe they're dead last in defense. Uh, New Orleans should get whatever they want in the paint the entire game. But if you want to go for some three-point props on San Antonio, I don't mind that either. They don't really have many other options to score besides relying on Johnson and relying on Vassell to shoot the lights out. So that's kind of where I stand. But either way, uh, time to move on to the next game. No, by far. Favorite game of slate here. Favorite game of slate. So, the Pelicans game or the game we're about to talk about? Game we're about to talk about. Okay. By far. Favorite game of slate. Detroit Pistons are going to play the Utah Jazz. At, in Utah, Jazz are laying 11 and a half. 233 is the total injury report. We have uh, Balamaro, who is out for Utah. Mike Conley is out. Sadiq Bey is out. They're laying 11 and a half. Jesus. Yeah. So, okay. They they haven't done this to us all year. And I didn't think we would ever get back here because you have no Donovan Mitchell. You have no Rudy Gobert. And so I didn't think we would ever get back here. I this is the really exact didn't. matchup that you had last year. I, I really didn't think we would ever get back here. Like, this is insane that we are here again and we're doing this. And I just feel like, off of pure principle, I have to do it. I have to do it. Oh, my, matter of fact, no, uh, I'll be back. Yeah, you, you, you talk about the game. Talk about the game. I'll do that. All right. Well, Terrell gets his jersey. I'll uh, continue. Uh, so going through the actual matchup here, Utah should be favored. I don't know about 11 and a half, but they should be favored because you're looking at the Pistons. They had a very nice win yesterday in altitude. Now they're traveling to Utah. They're still missing Cunningham. They might be missing a couple other players. I'm assuming Ivy's going to play and Bogdanovich will probably play. But the point is they are a bit shorthanded with fatigue. Utah, though, still really good. 12-7, and seven, they had a bit of a slide there, and then they bounced back, and they've been good lately. Uh, they have basically everyone healthy besides the players that Terrell mentioned. Is Mike Connolly good at this point in his career? Kind of. Not really. I think he's fine. But Clarkson will get more minutes. You still have Sexton, still have Markkinen, still have Vanderbilt, and you still have a good uh. bench. So I do think you're going to end up looking at a spot where Utah should win the game, but I'm not laying 11 and a half. I think that's a few too many points. I think it's correlated, though. If you're if you're taking Detroit, you want the under. Do you agree with that? Huh. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe. It doesn't matter. Do you think Detroit can actually score more than 120 in four quarters of a basketball game? 
Uh, I think it's correlated. I just think you, you can't get into a track meet with Utah because I just think they have too many scoring options. And you're on no, a back-to-back can see, after playing an Elvis. No, because I can – if you talk about uh, Bojan coming and he having a really good game in this one, you know, this is a revenge game for him. And Does then the altitude you talk about, not concern you? No, because they just they just played in Denver last night. No, that's my so. point. My point is extra fatigue playing a back to back after playing in altitude. Yeah, I think you I think you get kind of used to. I'm sure Bojan's still used to it. I'm sure like uh, altitude really kind of sort of, but not really. It's just one. This spread is way too large. Two, I I think the Pistons have guys that can score the basketball, especially on the inside. When you talk about Durant and what Durant can bring off the bench in this game, particularly. Man, I just I didn't I never thought we'd get back here. Like I'm just in shock. I don't even do I have to say it? Do I have to say it? Like people should know. Everybody that listened to this pod last year should know exactly what the play is. Detroit plus eleven and a half, Detroit plus four four twenty-five on the money line. We talked about it earlier this year. Already this year, Utah is one and four as a favorite. Maybe two and four now. And those are low numbers. Those are usually like topping out at like four, four and a half. Yes. And they're not covering that. Let me, matter of fact, let me just make sure because there's been some games. I don't want to be telling anybody. Somebody be like, no, they're actually. They're bad as a favorite. They're bad as a favorite. All right. So as a favorite on the season, the Utah Jazz are one and four as a favorite. They, as a dog, they are up to 11 and three as a dog. I mean, you're you're one and four as a favorite, and you're laying eleven and a half. And I get that they're on a back to back, and they're missing, you know, their best player. But come on, man, this there's still pieces here. There's still pieces here for a team that has nothing nothing to lose on this road trip. Absolutely nothing to lose. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Give me Detroit plus eleven and a half. Sprinkle on the money line. That's a lot. We 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 got the the villain rail jersey is back. And we're going to have another great game. Thank you, Utah. Love you, Utah, for how much money you made me last season. Let's keep it going. I'm on the under. I don't really have a thought on the side. I guess I'm winning to Detroit in general, but I don't feel great about it. I'm on the under, though. I really don't think Detroit is going to contribute much offensively. And with the back-to-back and with how Utah likes to play, I think Detroit has to slow the game down because Utah just has so many weapons. Detroit really should try to slow the game to a crawl. They should. Yeah. So I'm on the under. All right. Next game on the slate. We have the Los Angeles Clippers playing the Golden State Warriors and Golden State minus nine and a half for Golden State. Oh, excuse me. 223 is the total. We have Kawhi is out and Paul George is out for this game. Is there any confidence in laying nine and a half for Golden State? No. I mean, they've been good at home, so I guess that's the argument, but these teams are familiar with each other, and we know the Clippers are a deep team. They're still a bit overrated, but they have gotten it together a little bit lately, as they are 11-7 and straight up. But they just beat Utah without Paul George. I know that Utah's nowhere near Golden State, but this year, they're closer than you think, because Golden State's been pretty bad. That's why they're Mm 8-10. They are very good at home, though, but you're looking at the overall just margins of victory. They really don't blow many teams out. They did against San Antonio, but besides that, I mean, you had a 40-burger from Clay. Curry had 30-something and like 15 assists, and you only won by seven. 
They beat the Knicks by 10. They should have won that game by a lot more. The Knicks really did not look good at all in they that game. They were up 20 early. That's what I'm saying. But they let teams hang around. And the bench unit's so bad, the Clippers bench unit should be able to do whatever they want against this Warriors youth uh, you know, depth squad here. I'm on the Clippers. I think Golden State will probably win the game. But I'm not laying nine and a half. The Clippers are still a feisty team. And they still play hard for Ty Lue. And they're a good defensive team. It's good enough for me. I'm going to take the nine and a half. Oh, man. I mean, I'm taking a nine and a half just because this bench is terrible for Golden State right now, and they're not figuring it out. If you take any lineup that doesn't have Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, they are minus 90 in terms of plus minus. It's also Looney. Looney, I believe, is like in the best lineups in the league. Yeah, no, so all five, so all five, I I forgot Looney, my bad. All five of them are are in the plus. Like that lineup is in the plus for Golden State. If you take one of them out and add in a bench player, doesn't matter which bench player, just take your pick. They automatically go into the negatives, Mm -hmm. like automatically. And I'm not playing that game with a deep Clippers team that their bench finds ways to play better than the starters in whatever game they're playing. So, Absolutely not. I think that Golden State has absolutely what it takes to get a win, and this is probably going to come down to the the final minutes of the game, and Golden State's starting unit is going to go on a run and help them secure a win. Now, do I think that that run gets over 10 points? No. So give me the plus 9.5. And I'm taking under. On the under as well. All right. Anything else for the slate? Not really. Uh, You? Let's... Go on to these reads before we get into our lock and dog segment because I got to talk to you about the Thanksgiving free roll contest. Look, it's football bingo. So you're going to get a bingo card with players in their faces, except defense, because we can't take a picture of everybody on the defense's face. It's just going to say defense. But you're going to get a player or a defense. And if they score a touchdown on Thursday, just mark them down. And if you get bingo, Everybody knows what bingo is. If you get bingo, then guess what? You win $100 cash and a $100 SGPN gift card. There's not one winner. There can be everybody can win if everybody gets bingo. But we are talking about straight bingo. We're not playing, you know, the we're not playing blackout. We're not playing uh, make a top hat. When I was deployed, we was playing bingo. They was like, make a top hat, make a box, all this other stuff. We ain't doing all that. We're doing straight five across. Five down, five diagonal. We doing bingo like that. I don't care what y'all house rules is for bingo. We playing bingo like that. All right. So tap in. You can win $100 cash and $100 gift card to the SGPN merch store. Go to the SGPN app to tap into that contest and tweet out. Tweet us your bingo card so we can see and keep up with your sweat. We're also brought to you by Dave because I, you know, I've been in situations where I definitely needed some extra cash. You know, trying to do X, Y, Z, this, that, and a third. Might have threw too much in the strip club night before, and so I need a little bit of extra cash to get me home next day. Dave is the app. If you've been in situations just like me, you can download Dave from the App Store right now. It's extra. It's sign up for an extra cash account. Get up to five hundred dollars instantly. It's the banking app that just helps you. No interest, no late fees, no credit checks, all of that. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. All right. Lock and dog time. For my lock, let's go to... Hmm. 
yeah, let's go. Let's go to Milwaukee. Milwaukee, how do I want to play this? Do I want to play the full game or I want to play the first half? Milwaukee's really, really good in the first half. So I'll take the first half and just let them go ahead and end the game, collect my money and get the heck up out of there. Milwaukee Bucks, first half minus three and a half. I, I think that they're way better than this Bulls team. I think defense is going to be locked in. They always bury this team. Don't think the Bulls have anything to combat it. So, yep, Giannis has a big game. Milwaukee minus three and a half in the first half. That's my lock for my dog. I mean, come on. I'm wearing the jersey. I have to do it. I'm wearing the jersey. It was a promise. And thank you for the Utah Jazz for funding my jersey because I didn't have to fund it. They they did it all for me all last season. So we're going with the Detroit Pistons. Plus 425 on the money line. Way too many points. This Detroit team gets up, and they have a win in Utah last season. I love it. All right. So for me, I'm going to take Milwaukee as well, uh, but I am going to take the full game. Once again, they've won 16 of the last 17 regular season meetings. Like Chicago walks into the game expecting to lose. And last year, they won a playoff game. That was their Super Bowl. They actually won a game and they got smacked after that. And Middleton did not play in any of those games, and Chicago still got manhandled the entire way through. They have too much size. They're looking at Milwaukee. They have Giannis. They still have Brooke Lopez, who's been insane as a shot blocker this season. Bobby Portis is still really good. Drew Holiday is a good defensive player. I just think this team has too many overall good defensive players, and I think that with Levine struggling a bit this season with consistency, Vucevic really just getting dominated every time they play, Giannis could walk into 40. It wouldn't surprise me. I'm with you. I'll take Milwaukee, but on the full game, minus six and a half. I've seen this movie 16 times already. I'll go for 17. And for my dog, do I want to do a player prop or do I want to do an actual side? You know what? I'm going to go with the side. I'll, I'll, back with, I'll back one of the funnest teams in the league. I'll take Indiana on the money line at around plus 110. I really don't like this Minnesota team. I think the recent winning streak is a product of playing a lot of injury-riddled teams. Indiana's pretty healthy. Turner's been very good with this team. Halliburton, we said before, is playing the best basketball of anybody on the court in this game. Buddy Heald's been good as well. Minnesota's been a train wreck with the actual starting lineup. Give me Indiana at home, plus 110. All right. Uh, anything else for people before we get up out of here? Uh, yes. Uh, just one quick thing. Uh, we do have the uh, NFL gambling podcast, which the two of us did throughout the first couple days this week. We had to change around the schedule. Kind of just an announcement. We had to change around the schedule because of Thanksgiving. So our DFS show is now on every Thanksgiving game. So check that out. We also did the totals episode, which got posted yesterday. So yep. the NFL gambling podcast, we still did our episodes just earlier than usual because we had to we had to accommodate the holidays. Very much so. All right. Uh, that's the holidays. I can't leave the people without a quick little parlay. Let me see here. What can I? Is there an item you want to get for Black Friday? Uh man, that ten thousand dollars. I would love okay. that. Okay, nice. I that like is it. My Black Friday. That is my Black Friday gift. I would love. All right. Let's see here. Let's go quick, quick, quick parlay. Let's go with uh, Boyan to have twenty five and a return to Utah. Uh, let's go with Shea to have 35 against the Nuggets coming off of back-to-back. Uh, 
who's somebody else that has a oh Giannis yeah Giannis let's get let's find Giannis what's a what's a fun way of betting Giannis today mm, yeah let's go with Giannis with thirty five two all right so we got what's that press out thirty five thirty five twenty five we're at twenty seven to one right now that feels good we don't need to add another one twenty seven one is a very nice. Quick little parlay. Bojan, 25 in the revenge. Oh, wait. No, we got to add Kevin Herter. I'm sorry. All right. We got to add Kevin Herter. He's been going crazy, and it is the revenge game. And the Kings have done pretty good to shut me up. Uh, Herter, 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 Herter. Oh, he's only at 15, too. Or should I? Should we do his threes? Should do his threes, right? Herter, 20-plus, or Herter for... Five threes. Which one? Uh, and they're kind of correlated. So it depends which which uh, plus price is higher. Threes is higher. How much higher? Mm, by about a hundred. Okay, doesn't get to the line that much. I'd probably just go threes. All right, five threes. Kevin Herter. Wow, holy shit! All right, <laughs> what was that like a hundred and something to one? Hundred seventeen to one. Okay. All right, that was fun, and that was quick, and that was very – I mean, last one we came up was off the dome, so that was off the dome, and it feels it feels pretty decent. So, all right, Bojan 25, Shade 35, Giannis 35, Kevin Herter 5 threes. All right, other than that, nothing else for the people, nothing else for the show, nothing else to say. Yes, Ben Simmons definitely came through with that double-double. Other than that, make sure you subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast – like comment review on youtube all of that stuff everything you can other than that no we do not have a show tomorrow good point drew we do not have a show tomorrow enjoy your thanksgiving holiday we will be back me and scott on friday see you then other than that i have no other no other idea how to end the podcast so we're just gonna end it like this we out here basketball